Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to continue on our studies in the book of Daniel. Chapter 7. This is about the vision that Daniel had, and he didn't understand it. And it's somewhat complicated. So today we need to really concentrate. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was laying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion. It had wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man and the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that I looked and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. And on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads and it was given authority to rule. After that in my vision at night I looked and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. But it was different from all the former beasts. It had ten horns. And while I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little horn, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it, this horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white as wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. And I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain 
and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So let's get the interpretation of the dream. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the true meaning of all this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. But the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws. The beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before which three of them fell. The horn that looked more imposing than the others and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half time. But the court will sit, and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven 
will be handed over to the saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. This is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts and my face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. Heavenly Father, these things that we read it was confusing to Daniel and certainly confusing to us, but it does make sense if we have an open mind and allow your spirit to teach our hearts and give us understanding of this chapter, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've spent a lot of time studying this. I don't claim to know it all, never will. But what we do know that in this chapter and other chapters, the next one, chapter 8, in Daniel's letter that he wrote down, there's a lot of symbolism. You know what I mean by symbolism? In the, in the vision, when we have communion, which we will have next week, Lord willing, the elements are symbols, right? It means something. That vision that he had meant something, but it's, it's symbolism. But it doesn't alter the fact that it's true. He had it one night in a dream, but he was confused as to what it meant. And an angel, one standing by, gave him the interpretation. But even after that, he was still confused as to the meaning. But God had given Daniel, who was a prophet, he revealed these future events that would happen in the future. So in this vision, Daniel saw four beasts. Now you've got the handout, I hope. These represent, if you look at it, four kings. I'd like you to keep that as well because you're going to need it. These beasts, these four beasts, represent four kings, kingdoms, empires. It says that in verse 17. The four beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. And we've already studied in Daniel chapter 2, those that were there or here, uh, we interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, or rather Daniel did, and we explained the four beasts appear to represent four world empires headed up by four kings. Beasts, yes? The empires of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, yeah? Medo-Persia, who's that? Cyrus and Darius. And then we've got the Empire of Greece. Who headed that one up? Alexander the Great, or also known as the Leopard. We'll get to that later on. And then the Empire of Rome followed. 
the empire. These are the main empires, world empires, that have already happened in the past. But there's one coming in the future, another empire, another world empire. Let's look at the fourth beast, which we know to be Rome. There comes one that is terrifying and frightening and very powerful, verse 7. It had ten horns. It had iron teeth. It had bronze claws that crushed and devoured its victims, verse 19. So Daniel, I was thinking about the horns, and there before me was another horn, a little horn which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn, talking about the little horn, had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Daniel was troubled by the vision of the beast, especially the little horn that came out of the beast. And he asked specifically about it. The angel explains that the beast's ten horns are ten kings. All right? You're going to have to require some concentration. The beast's ten horns are ten kings who will rise from this fourth kingdom. This has not happened yet. This is a future event yet to take place. Now, a horn in the Bible is a symbol of strength and authority. Now, this little boastful horn, it had a human mouth, eyes that it represents a king who will become the supreme ruler on this earth. Now, you say, why, why would that affect me? Well, you may have children, you may have grandchildren, and they may experience this when he becomes a supreme ruler on the face of the earth. And it may not be long before we see this happen. He will become the supreme ruler on the earth, but he's, and he's not a good king. He's evil, and he gets his power from the devil himself. Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, confirms this. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. People worship the dragon. Who's the dragon? In scripture, Satan, the devil, that old serpent. People worship the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. That's where this beast gets his power and authority from. God's allowing it. And they also worship the beast. Who is, who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? Now the beast, who's yet to come, 
this future ruler of the entire earth, he opposes God, obviously, because he's raised up by Satan. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time, times, and a half time. This is referring to the people that are saved during the tribulation period. That's not going to affect us. We're going to be taken out before that happens at the rapture. A time, times, and a half time is believed to be three and a half years. Now, this corresponds with the time when a person known as the Antichrist will rule on this earth. And the title of this message is, Who is the Antichrist? Well, today, you're going to find out if you don't know already. <clears throat> and you can believe it or not believe it. It's entirely up to you. People have already made their minds up, so they'll never learn anything. This Antichrist that will rule the earth is confirmed in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. It will reign during the tribulation, which lasts for seven years, for three and a half years, halfway through. Revelation 13, 5. The beast, who's that? The Antichrist was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies. This lines up with the book of Daniel, yes? Totally. Confirmation. And to exercise its authority for 42 months. Those that know anything about math, what's 42 months? Three and a half years. Daniel mentions the fourth empire that will rule over all the other world powers. Remember there's ten horns, ten kings. He's going to rise to the top. He's going to dominate the lot of them. Daniel chapter 240, we read, finally there will be a fourth kingdom. This has not happened yet. Strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything, and it's as iron breaks things to pieces, it will crush and break all the others. All the other what? Kingdoms. So we know that the fourth beast that Daniel saw is believed to be the old Roman Empire. Look at your handout. Rome. Legs of what? Iron. All right, this is the old Roman Empire that ruled the earth, depicted as iron after the Greek Empire. But then there comes a little horn. The little horn is the Antichrist, the beast. He emerges from the fourth beast, which is what? Rome. We know that the Antichrist has not appeared yet. We know that in history. It's yet to happen. So, 
This prophecy must take place in the future. Does that make sense? Of course it does. It's not happened yet. So in the end times, during which there will be a revival of the old Roman Empire that once dominated the earth, depicted as iron, okay? This is a revival. It's not the one in the, in the history that we know about, depicted as iron. This is the revival of the old Roman Empire that's yet to take place. Now, this new Roman Empire, whatever form it takes, it will feature a coalition of ten horns. What's the horn? Ten kings. The horns represent ten kings. How many toes have you got? Ten. Well, most of us, unless you've lost some. Right? Look at the... Look at the thing. See that? The legs. Feet of iron and clay. Divided nations of Western Europe. I don't know about that yet, but I'm learning. But God's given me some insight and understanding, and it's very confusing, I know, because you're hearing it for the first time. This new Roman Empire, whatever form it takes, it will be feature a coalition of ten kings, ten toes, ten horns. Are you with me? Now, just as predicted in Daniel chapter 2, which we've already studied, this coalition of ten kings will be a divided kingdom. Like toes are divided. Symbolize the toes, symbolize iron, Rome, mixed with clay, a divided kingdom, an unstable kingdom. And then one of these kings, out of the ten, the Antichrist, the little horn, is going to make his move and he'll get to the top. He'll be the head honcho, the, 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 the big kahuna, the giant enchilada, whatever you want to call it. I'm feeling hungry already. <laughs> And then one of these kings, the Antichrist, he'll make his move to the top, trampling on the others, and then he will wield global authority as the most powerful political leader on the face of the earth, more so than has ever been seen before. This is the beast. This is the little horn. This is the Antichrist who is yet to come. It's going to happen. This beast, Revelation, lines up with Daniel perfectly. This beast, and see the comparison with what we've already read in Daniel chapter 7. What does the Apostle John say under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit when he's on the island of Patmos. This is what he said. 
in Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 through 8. Listen. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. How long is that? Three and a half years. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God, John said, and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. Now, it's interesting, the dwelling place, one of these days in the future, the Jewish temple is going to be rebuilt. One day it will be rebuilt. Slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints. Now, we're talking about the tribulation saints, those people that are saved during the tribulation period. And if you read about it, you know, they're going to have their heads cut off because they don't have the mark of the beast. They can't buy, they can't sell. All right? These are tribulation saints. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, but not the tribulation saints. And this is why they're going to suffer persecution and death, because they don't have the mark of the beast. They won't worship the beast. But those, everybody else, all the heathens on the face of the planet, will worship the Antichrist, the beast. All whose names have been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. So this ruler that will come sets up an abomination that Jesus talked about. In Matthew 24, verse 15, that is the little horn, a world leader that opposes and it blasphemes God known as the Antichrist. Now, the specific term for Antichrist is used seven times in Scripture. 1 John 2.18, 1 John 2.22, 1 John 4.3, and twice in 2 John 7, the term Antichrist. This is not referring to the Antichrist. There's a difference. Now, the meaning of the term Antichrist simply means against Christ. Against Christ. Now, there's a spirit of Antichrist now and has been for many, many years. Those who oppose Christ, they have the spirit of Antichrist. An Antichrist denies the Father and the Son, S-O-N. 
An antichrist does not acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Who are we talking about? People that are not saved. They don't acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. An antichrist denies that Jesus came in the flesh. And there have been many antichrists. First John 2, 18 states, but there is only one coming who is the antichrist. Okay? So, how do we recognize him when he comes, which he will? How will we, we recognize him? Now, many people have speculated for centuries who the Antichrist is. You know, recently it was Obama. And now the latest one is Jared Cushman because he's a Jew and he's, you know, making peace with the over there in the Middle East and blah, blah. No. How will we recognize him when he comes? The Bible tells us. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. See, it's not my opinion. I'm teaching you what's in the word of God. Okay? And it's up to you whether you believe it or not. I'm good with it. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 tells us, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come, what day? When Jesus returns. That's that day. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Who's the man of lawlessness? The Antichrist. The man doomed to destruction. He's going to get his. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God and is worshipped. And so that he sets himself up in God's temple. Remember when I said one day there's going to be a new temple in Jerusalem? That's the abomination that Jesus was talking about, the abomination of desolation, where he sets up an image of himself in the Holy of Holies. That is a total, complete abomination. Jesus talks about it, and he, he reminds people, remember what Daniel said? This is what Daniel means. The abomination of desolation is the Antichrist, is the beast that is within the temple that was designed to worship the true and living God. That's an abomination. That is the abomination, proclaiming himself to be God. 1 John 2.18, how will we recognize this Antichrist? How will, how will we know him when he comes? Dear children, this is for believers, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, you don't believe there's a coming Antichrist, then you don't believe the Bible. The Antichrist is coming. Even now there are 
many antichrists have come. But there's only one antichrist. This is how we know it is the last hour. We're coming to the culmination. We're in the last days. In the end times. We're living in the end times. Jesus could come back at any time. In the end times or the last hour, it says, a man will arise and oppose Christ and his followers more than anybody else in history. And the Jews have been persecuted from the beginning of time because they're God's chosen people. A world leader who establishes a seven-year covenant with Israel at the beginning of the tribulation period. He establishes a covenant, but he's going to turn on them halfway through after three and a half years. He's going to break that covenant, that agreement. He's raised up by Satan, who hates God's people, who hates Israel, who hates God, who hates Jesus, who is God. And this Antichrist is being controlled by the dragon who gave him the power in the first place. And he's going to break that covenant with Israel after three and a half years. And then this king, he sets up what I've already mentioned, the abomination of desolation that Daniel writes about, which we haven't got there yet, in chapter 9, verse 27, and who Jesus talks about in Mark chapter 13, verse 4, and also in Matthew that I've already mentioned. So, in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 14, it describes him as making and placing an image in the Jewish temple, which people are forced to worship. And that is turning the temple that's designed to worship God into a, a place of worship for the beast. And that is the abomination that I've mentioned. And uh, I think we should turn, so I could turn quickly to Mark, Matthew, Mark, chapter 13, just to confirm what Jesus said. All right, chapter 13. Okay, verse 14. Now he's talking, obviously, to his disciples, and they just happen to be Jewish, all right? But when you see, talking to the people of Israel, the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, let's go to um, Matthew to confirm. Matthew, chapter 24, 15. That's what Jesus just, just said, yes? 24, 13. 
Well, yep, very good. This is interesting, even if you read it earlier verses there. Then you will be, this is verse 9, then you will be handed over and be persecuted and put to death. This is the people of Israel during the tribulation period. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Standing firm to the end of the tribulation, he's talking about. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. That's also going to happen in the, during the tribulation period. And then the end will come, the end of the tribulation. Listen. So when you see in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. So there, Jesus confirms what Daniel has already predicted. The abomination of desolation. So let's close. There should be no doubt in anyone's mind that the one perpetrating the abomination is the Antichrist. This beast receives his power from the dragon, Satan, the devil, that old serpent. He speaks proud words and blasphemies. He will be the embodiment of all that is evil. The Antichrist is a false Messiah, people will worship him, believing that he is the Messiah. They'll be totally deceived. That's what the devil does. A false Messiah who seeks and achieves world domination so that he can destroy Israel, God's chosen people, and followers of Jesus Christ that are saved during the tribulation period. But he won't succeed, not for long. His destruction is certain. Daniel 7, 11, we read it. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. And that's where all unbelievers are going to end up. Thankfully, the Antichrist's 
boastful blasphemy and wanton violence will only be temporary and he will be judged, Daniel confirms in verse 26. But the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. And we know from scripture, those who have not received Jesus Christ as their savior will one day be judged and they will stand before the great white throne judgment and be cast into the lake of fire which burns forever and ever along with Satan, the false prophet, and the beast, the Antichrist. You don't want to go there. You don't have to. Because Jesus paid the debt that you could not owe, that you owed. He paid the price that you owed when he died on the cross and shed his blood so you wouldn't have to be punished for your sins. The reign of the Antichrist is limited to three and a half years. No more. Revelation 13.5 backs that up. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. That's bad news. But here's the good news. The kingdom of heaven and the reign of Jesus Christ will last forever and ever and ever throughout all eternity. Daniel 7, 27. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. This is going to be, we're going to be there. We're going to reign with Christ. And his kingdom will never be destroyed. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. How long is everlasting? Everlasting. Forever and ever. We're going to be there. We're going to reign with them. And there'll be no sin. And we'll be absolutely perfect. Just like him. What a day that will be. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And all rulers, whatever's left of those toes, will worship and obey him. Just like we will throughout all eternity. All right. Thanks for hanging in there. And I'm sure you've got it all nailed down and completely clear in your minds. And you can take the test this next week. No. Let's close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that we've spent together, that you've taught us, given us understanding of your word. And uh, Daniel couldn't understand it, but he didn't need to. It was future events, but we can understand it if we divide the word of God and be led by your Holy Spirit to give us insight into future events or event, events that have happened in the past and future events that are yet to take place. 
The good thing is that we're not going to have to go through that tribulation. We anticipate your return where we will meet you in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord, but those that are left behind will go through the tribulation. It's going to be the worst period on planet Earth this world has ever seen. But thankfully, the gospel will still be preached. You're going to raise up 144,000 Jewish believers, not Jehovah's Witnesses. And they will preach to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And out of those tribes, tongues, and nations, there will be people that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and will be saved. These are referred to as the tribulation saints. And they will suffer persecution because they have not the mark of the beast. They will not worship the beast and they will, many will die. They will be martyred. They will be beheaded. They will not be able to buy and sell. And thankfully, we don't have to go through that tribulation. We're going to be taken out at the rapture. Another word for resurrection. If you don't believe in the rapture, then you don't believe in the resurrection. Because Jesus rose again from the dead, he was resurrected from the dead, we too shall receive a resurrected body. And we will worship you forever and ever and ever. We will reign with you when you return to this earth. You will reign for a thousand years. Then and only then there will be peace on earth. There will be no crime. And we will reign with you. What a day that will be. So, Father, I, hopefully those that are listening will that are unsaved, that have not received you as personal savior, may they take heed to what's written in the word of God, which is true. Jesus said, thy word is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. You must receive Jesus in order to be safe, you must receive Jesus in order to be saved and have a home waiting for you in heaven when you leave this world, which you will. None of us get out alive. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.